Chapter 17 of Grandpa in Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 17 The Adventurers Meet. I don't see any princess, sniffed the old soldier, coming to an abrupt halt and eyeing the two travelers critically. Grandpa and his army had barely recovered from their tumble off the rainbow before Bill's cries, announcing the princess, brought them hurrying to the tulip tree where Dorothy and Percy Vare were resting. Am I dreaming? gulped the forgetful poet, clutching Dorothy's hand. Am I dreaming or what? His eye roved from Grandpa's game leg to Tatter's many-hued suit and finally came to rest on the lovely little flower fairy. "'There is the princess,' insisted Bill, pointing his claw at Dorothy. "'Snuff and nonsense!' snapped the old soldier scornfully. "'You're a regular false alarm, Bill, always going off at the wrong time. Why, that's only a dusty little country girl and no proper match for the prince at all.' Grandpa's lofty speech brought Percy quickly out of his dream. "'Don't you be so my and Heidi,' muttered the forgetful poet, drawing himself up proudly. "'You don't know what you're talking about. You—' "'No offense, no offense,' observed Grandpa coolly. "'It's not the child's fault that she's not a princess. I dare say she's a very nice little girl, but we're looking for a princess.' "'Why, so are we.' cried Dorothy in surprise. But you needn't be so impolite. She is a princess, too, and do you mean to stand there and tell me that that young ragbag is a prince? Percy Vere stared at Tatters long and earnestly, and then, rolling his eyes, murmured feelingly, A prince of rags and scraps and patches, and then they talk to us of matches. The prince of what? The prince of where? He has a bird's nest in his, uh, in his... Uh, hair, giggled Dorothy. Poor Tatters blushed to his ears and hurriedly tried to smooth out his hair with his fingers. Come on, cried Grandpa indignantly. They're crazy. If you'll believe he's a prince, I'll believe she's a princess, put in a soft voice, and Eartha, who had been listening anxiously to the sharp speeches on both sides, danced up to the forgetful poet. "'That's fair enough,' agreed Percy Vere, smiling at the little flower fairy. "'You believe in us, and we'll believe in you, and if you say so, I'll believe that six and one are—are—' are... Two, said Dorothy. "'Only they're eight. "'You mustn't mind Percy's forgetting. "'You see, he is a poet,' she explained hastily. Let me out! Let me out! What's all this noise? Dorothy and the forgetful poet exchanged frightened glances. Toto crept back of the tree trunk with only one ear showing, for the voice certainly had come from a bag on the prince's shoulder. Not a dream, but a nightmare, choked the forgetful poet, as the Prince of Ragbad calmly took his father's head out of the knitting bag and held it up toward them. "'Don't be alarmed,' purred Fumbo in his drowsy voice as the two clung to one another in panic. "'I'm not alarmed. I'm—I'm I'm petrified,' gasped Percy, looking over his shoulder to see whether the path was clear in case he should desire to run. 
"'It has a crown on,' whispered Dorothy nervously. "'It must be a king. "'I once knew a princess who had dozens of heads and took them off. "'Maybe he's like that.' "'You're speaking of Princess Languidere, I presume,' drawled Fumbo. "'Being a great reader, Fumbo was well acquainted with all the celebrities in Oz. "'No, my dear, I am not like that.' As it happens, I have only one head, and it blew off, as you can plainly see. This young man you see here is my son, and he is carrying my head back to my body. And now you may tell me your story, commanded the king, smiling graciously. His glance rested curiously on Dorothy. You are known to me already, continued the king. Grandpa, this is Princess Dorothy of Oz, and she is even prettier than her pictures, if you will permit me to say so. I told you she was a princess, crowed the weathercock triumphantly. Have you a fortune with you, girl? The Dorothy who lives in the Emerald City? gasped Tatters, almost dropping his father's head. The Dorothy who discovered Oz? Dorothy nodded modestly, and Grandpa, covered with confusion at the memory of his sharp speech, tried to hide behind Tatters. <laughs> Never mind, laughed Dorothy, seeing Grandpa's embarrassment. I really don't look like a princess now. You see, we've had such a hard journey, falling down a mountain and all, we're kind of rumpled. "'We've been through a week of wash-days,' groaned Percy Vare, straightening his jacket and looking ruefully at his red hands. "'I'm sorry I didn't realize you were a prince.' He turned contritely to Tatters. "'Mistakes all around, you see.' "'Well, we've had a hard time, too,' admitted the Prince of Ragbad, making another frantic attempt to smooth his hair. "'Ask her if she has a fortune,' insisted Bill, settling heavily on the Prince's shoulder. "'Hush!' said Tatters, giving Bill a poke. "'Oh, goody, goody! We're all going to be friends!' Eartha spread out her flowery skirts and danced happily around the little group. "'Oh, forget-me-nots and daisies, oh, dahlias and pinks!' "'And you're the whole bouquet, Miss May,' cried Percy Vere, as he was immediately interrupted by Fumbo. "'Stop!' cried the king's head. Let us keep these stories straight. You said you were looking for a princess. What princess? Company, sit down, ordered the old soldier gruffly. He had commanded the expedition so far, and was not going to be bossed around at this stage of the game. Tatters and Eartha promptly obeyed, the prince carefully holding his father's head in his lap. Dorothy and Percy Vere, after their long run, were glad enough to rest. So down they all sat in a big circle under the green tree, Bill and Toto in the center, staring at one another curiously. "'Now then, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr.' Grandpa nodded condescendingly at the forgetful poet. "'Vere,' put in Percy politely. "'Now then, Mr. Vere.' "'Let us have your story,' said the old soldier, taking a big pinch of snuff. So, with many interruptions from King Fumbo, who seemed to know all about Perhaps City, and many lapses into verse, the forgetful poet told of Abrog's prophecy about the monster 
of the strange disappearance of the little princess and Abrog himself, of his tumble-down maybe mountain, and of his and Dorothy's adventures since then on the runaway and Monday mountain. Hm, grunted the old soldier, when he had finished. I wouldn't trust the prophet as far as I could swing a chimney by the smoke. That prophet has run off with her. You can bet your last shoe button on that. And since we are searching for a princess ourselves, we might as well look for the princess of perhaps city. What do you say, my boy? Grandpa glanced questioningly at Tatters. I'll be glad to help Princess Dorothy and this, uh, this poet, but— Already Tatters had made up his mind to return with Eartha to Ragbad, regardless of fortunes and princesses. No buts about it, roared the king's head indignantly. She'll be a splendid match for you, my son, and perhaps, from all reports, is one of the merriest monarchs in Oz. Why, I dote on him already. Can't all this wait till we find the princess? protested Percy Veer nervously. No use rushing matters, you know. All this talk of marrying rather upset him. Tatters looked gratefully at the forgetful poet and decided to forgive him for his rude verse. Of course it can wait, agreed the prince heartily. The first thing to do is to rescue the princess. No, the first thing to do is to tell us who you are, laughed Dorothy, who could restrain her curiosity no longer. Why, we don't even know your names or how you happen to be in this part of Oz. We followed the directions on the bottle, explained Bill importantly. We fell, swum, exploded, sailed, and flew. You tell them, begged Tatters, looking appealingly at the old soldier, for he could see that Bill was going to mix things dreadfully. Yes, you tell us, commanded Fumbo. He had not yet heard the story of their journey from Ragbad himself, and was even more curious about it than Dorothy. So Grandpa took the center of the circle. Now, next to fighting, the old soldier loved to talk, and next to fighting, talking was the best thing he did. His recital of the experiences of his little army during the past three days was so thrilling that Dorothy and Percy simply held their breath and Toto's ears waved with excitement. Dorothy was particularly interested in Bill and the strange manner in which he had been shocked to life. Being from the United States herself, it seemed real homelike to meet a fellow countryman, even if he was only a weathercock. As for Percy Veer, who had lived all his life on Maybe Mountain, nothing could exceed his astonishment as Grandpa proceeded from one adventure to the next. "'Do you mind if I close my eyes?' Percy muttered weakly as Grandpa reached the point in his story where they had discovered Eartha growing in the wizard's garden. Uh, "'Do you mind if I close my eyes? I can believe anything with my eyes shut.' "'Not if you close your mouth also,' snapped Grandpa and went right on with his story, never even stopping for breath until he had reached their last tumble from the rainbow. "'Professor Wogglebug will have to write a whole new history,' breathed Dorothy, as Grandpa settled back in his place. "'And Ozma will never allow the bandit to stay in the blue forest, nor Garba to practice magic in his hidden garden. Oh, my! 
I do believe you can help us find the princess after all. You are so brave and interesting. Dorothy smiled at Grandpa and Tatters and the forgetful poet, opening his eyes, stared dreamily at the little flower fairy. "'If I had my arms, I'd embrace you all,' exclaimed Fumbo feelingly. "'And you shall have hugs all around as soon as I get back to my body. You're a credit to the country, and Bill here shall have a perch on the highest tower in Ragbad, and little Miss Posies—' "'But the princess!' exclaimed Bill anxiously, and the fortune we can't go back without them. <laughs> Too late to hunt for them today, chuckled Grandpa, and indeed, while they had been talking, the sun had dropped down behind the daisy-splashed hill, leaving the world bathed in a pleasant dusk. We're all tired, so we'll have supper and make camp here, decided Grandpa sensibly. Then tomorrow we'll start after that prophet with gun, musket, sword, and boot-leather. That's the talk, cried Persevere, jumping up to help Tatters gather wood for a fire. With such good company, the last of the bear steaks from Isoposo, and the berries gathered by little Eartha tasted better than a feast, and nothing could have exceeded the jollity of that evening round Grandpa's campfire. Between the forgetful poet's verse and the old soldier's jokes, they were simply convulsed, and finally, when they had talked over their adventures to heart's content, Dorothy, Tatters, the forgetful poet, and Eartha settled down to a quiet game of scrum. Soon the only sound to be heard was the click of the checkers on Grandpa's game leg and the loud snores of Fumbo's head which hung from a branch of the tulip-tree in the pink knitting bag of Maribella, the little sky shepherdess. End of chapter 17